A son shouldn't join the arguments of his dad. Joining a fight will turn out bad. Chase after peace, if not today for tomorrow, because a peaceful future gets rid of sorrow. Okay, so um, on this podcast, I will finally be concluding um, Sh- uh, Shar Hazakhira in uh, the Sefer Chavetz Chaim, or in uh, the Chavetz Chaim's um, Sefer Shmir Halashem. Now, uh, to conclude Shar Hazakhira, uh, I'll begin with um, his chapter Ted Zion, 16. So the 16th chapter, he writes, um, the, the, the terrible sin that's caused from machlokas, that's caused from fighting and, and uh, arguments, applies even to someone who is of equal value to, to you. In Kovachomer, it definitely applies the sin uh, to someone that is a chacham or your rabbi. So to get into a fight with someone that's greater than you, a rabbi or a, a sage, that is Kovachomer, all the more so, even worse than getting into a fight someone equal to you, which is also a terrible sin. Now, the Chavetz Chaim says it's, it's common that when you're fighting someone, you'll use all your tactics. You're going to belittle the person, you're going to mock the person, you're going to make fun of them, you're going to make fun of their family, etc., etc. It, you know, it can spiral into terrible, terrible things. And when you turn out to mock your opponent, and that opponent happens to be a sage or a rabbi, um, then... It's as if you belittle Hashem's word, the Chavetz Chaim says, and, and punishment is karis, is being cut off from the Jewish people and from uh, and from Hashem. So um, the, the Chavetz Chaim also writes, not only is fighting with a rabbi bad, but also someone that learns Torah is also considered a Chacham. And maybe this is actually a little boost of confidence for us, that for those of us like you know me, etc., that are not rabbis, but you, you don't have to be a formal rabbi to, according to the Chavetz Chaim, even to be considered a Chacham. If you're just someone that learns consistently, the Chavetz Chaim says that's somebody that is considered a Chacham. So even that person, you know, should not be, um, you know, should not be uh, in fights. Now, the Gemara in Shabbos 119b writes that uh, Rav Yehuda, in the name of Rav, says that someone who insults a Chacham cannot be cured of his punishment. And Yerushalayim was ultimately destroyed because of the sin of uh, insulting and not listening to the sages' advice and, and um, the, the Nevi'im, the, the prophets' advice. Now, Divrei Hayamim says that dismissing a Chacham's word, uh, a sage's word, causes Hashem's rage and ultimately, unfortunately, led to the destruction of Yerushalayim. Now, in Sanhedrin 110a, Rav Chista writes, whoever misquotes his Rebbe, and basically because of that misquote causes other people to fight this particular rabbi, then it's as if this person who misquoted his rabbi had a fight with the Shekhinah, with God's presence itself. And um, even doubting a rabbi, you know, in, in your own mind is potentially a sin. Now the Chavetz Chaim says, don't trivialize this terrible, horrible sin of machlokas with rabbis, of fighting with, with your rabbis and disgrading them um, because you're going to be punished in both worlds. Uh, the Midrash Rabbah writes that there's a pasuk in the Torah that says, Hadarta zakin, that you should respect a zakin. And what does it mean to respect? So the Gemara in Kedushin writes that it means you should stand in place, and you should stand in your place and not contradict a Torah sage. And uh, as a result of being of, of unfortunately not following this and and uh, contradicting a sage or, or not respecting them, you're going to forget your Torah, 
that you learned, you're going to become impoverished, your life is going to become short, it's going to, it's going to be cut short. And it's even worse, the Chavetz Chaim says, this is a case, you're, all these terrible things, your Torah is going to be lost and your life is going to be cut short. That applies if you just, you know, if you yourself fight the rabbi. But if you cause others, if you convince others to join you in fighting the rabbi, it's even worse. So uh, the Chavetz Chaim says the, the power, the terrible power that comes with uh, someone that is constantly involved in fights is, for example, the Chavetz Chaim says, someone bumps into the child of a person that's involved in, in fighting, a Baal Machlokas. This person, this person's dad, who is constantly involved in fighting, will rage, will be angry. And all the more so if it was intentionally done to hurt the child. Well, you know, this person will cause tremendous, tremendous pain and won't stop until the same rage or even more rage is inflicted on that person's son. And he'll hate him forever. The Chavetz Chaim says, unfortunately, this person who raged against the person that hurt his son is actually basically doing the reverse, the exact opposite of what he wanted to do. Instead of protecting his son from outside forces, he's actually doing the opposite thing. Because the, the Chavetz Chaim writes that, that uh, family is often, unfortunately, even innocent children of people that are involved in Machlokas are not saved. And as I've spoken about before, um, you know, that we've seen the terrible tragedies in Israel of all the, the innocent children being being hurt. And the Chavetz Chaim says even innocent children are not necessarily protected when it comes to their parents arguing. Um, so unfortunately, you, you see this kind of uh, play out, you know, in, in real life, of the, this idea that this person who thought that they were actually helping their child by protecting them, by going after the person that hurt them, ironically, in a twist of fate, the opposite happened by them becoming involved in arguments. They actually end up hurting their children because the children of parents that are constantly involved in are in arguments are themselves um, in danger. And oftentimes, the Chavetz Chaim says, the whole family, the whole Mishbacha is brought into fighting. Like, for example, Datan and Aviram, he brought his, Datan and Aviram brought their kids, their wives, etc., into this terrible fight with, uh, with Korach and, uh, you know, against Moshe. Now, even knowing that a person's end is Gehenim, even knowing that a person ultimately will end up basically in hell, <coughs> the Chavetz Chaim writes, this type of person who's constantly involved in arguments will gladly go to hell, even if he knows, you know, he will gladly go to, will end up in Gehenim and be punished in uh, for a certain amount of time in, in Gehenim, will gladly be punished, you know, in, in the world to come uh, if it means not backing down from fighting. However, the Chavetz Chaim says this is obviously logically ridiculous. It's much better to fight back down from fighting than having to face God's uh, wrath. Now, Midrash Rabbah writes, Datan and Aviram, they um, were, were an example of this. They knew that they were going to be punished for it. Nonetheless, they actually um, strengthen their resolve and fight. Even nowadays, he says, the, the Datan and Aviram are still fighting against Moshe in, uh, in Gehenim. So even though they know they're being actively punished, Nonetheless, they still are holding on to this machlokas that they've held for so long. They cannot let it go. Um, and the Chavetz Chaim says, if you really have pity on your kids, then instead of fighting everybody that tries to possibly insult them, let it go. And ultimately, your kids will actually be safer, will be better off, because you're able to let things go. Now, um, do, all your, do all you can to separate from people that are involved in fighting. Classic example of this is On Ben Pellet. On Ben Pellet was someone that... Uh, that his wife convinced him uh, and, and actually made him drunk so that he could not join Korach. And ultimately, 
when when Peles, he was separated from the rebellion of Korach and was not punished for for like everybody else for involving themselves in that fight against Moshe. And it's better to give in to another person than have to surrender to Hashem's judgment. It's better to surrender to another person and say, you know what, you're right. Let's just end this argument, as opposed to being constantly involved in the argument and uh, and having to surrender to Hashem's judgment. Now, Yud Zion. Um, moving on to, to Yud Zion and, and the final chapter of, of, uh, of Shara Zichiro. So the Chafetz Chaim writes, don't, don't even indirectly be involved in Machlokas. Uh, Makos 5b says that one who assists in sin is punished as, like, almost just as much as the sinner himself. For example, the, the Torah says, don't be like Korach and his Ada. His Ada meaning his, uh, his group, his Chavra, his, his friends, his followers. Because not only was Korach, of course, was the instigator of the terrible fighting against Moshe, but even his friends, his co-conspirators, the people that assist him, were also divinely punished for joining Korach. So even if you think, well, I'm just a follower, I'm not someone that's actively, you know, the leader of this group. No, even the, even the leader is still, is still hurt. Now, um, Machlokes uh, gets Tsaras, and, and nowadays the Chavetz Chaim writes that nowadays Tsaras is actually instead of Tsaras, it's poverty. Why? Because um you you know, all support from society comes from uh, comes from, you know, poverty. Sorry, when when a person's poor, they they are basically have to just totally submit to what society gives them. And of course someone that's involved in actively involved in Machlokas, instead of um instead of, uh, you know, instead of getting Saras, who, of course, Saras, they have to leave when someone's involved in Machlokas, the punishment Saras, which is appropriate because you have to rely on your community to pray for you. You yourself don't have power to pray anymore. So to a person that's poor, he doesn't have power to protect himself. He has to have his, he has to rely on society. So it's almost Mida Keneged Mida in the opposite kind of way that because someone that is involved in fighting separates himself from society in a weird way, uh, in kind of in a, uh, in an ironic twist. So a person that becomes poor has to be supported by society. So he realizes the value of society by being involved in, uh, in, in protect, you know, in, in, he realizes the value of society by being poor. And that's his, um, that's his, uh, tiku, and that's his, his, his healing, uh, from being involved in fighting. Now, Hashem favors those that are pursued and are oppressed. For example, uh, the ox, the goat, the calf, all those things that are, all those things are, all those types of animals are korbanos, are, are brought as offerings to God. However, uh, the lion, the leopard, the wolf, these birds, of, you know, these animals of prey, none of those animals can be brought as korbanos. Chavetz Chaim says this is because God favors those that are uh, that are vulnerable, like the ox, the goat, the calf, that are that are ultimately um, preyed upon by the lion, the leopard, and the and the wolf. Nonetheless, God only values the ox, the goat, and the calf. Uh, and the Chavetz Chaim says, so we too, we should resist from becoming the lion, leopard, and the wolf. We should resist that urge to become the the hunted, and rather we should take the role of the goat, the 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 the, the, the you know the ox, the calf, those animals that have to fully rely on God for their for their sustenance and their and their uh, survival. Now, someone that steps down from Machlokas is honored, and the opposite's also true. Someone that is not involved in a fight but then joins the fight is actually loses his honor. Now, if a um, if if a person's dad tries to convince his son to join a Machlokas, 
the son, the son actually should not join the machlokas. Why? Because it's an obligation in the Torah that you should not involve yourself in machlokas. So what's the rule? If your dad, for example, tells you to break Shabbat, you shouldn't listen to your dad because God is the ultimate sort of arbiter of, of, of uh, truth, even though it's obviously a good thing to follow your dad in general matters. But when it comes to violating the Torah, it's not worth it. And Machlokas is one of those examples, the Chavetz Chaim says. Being involved in a fight is something your dad might ask you to do. You know, can you join me in this fight against this person? So uh, the Chavetz Chaim says, don't do it, because you're not obli- you're, you're actually you have to follow the Torah's rule of not being involved in fights, so you actually shouldn't enjoy your, enjoy, you shouldn't join your dad, just like you shouldn't join your dad to break Shabbat, for example. You also shouldn't join your dad in, in, uh, in a Machlokas. Now, the key example of this is the sons, the B'nai Korach, the sons of Korach, who did not participate in their dad's machlokas. Their dad, of course, famously fought Moshe. Nonetheless, the sons refused to. They were, they were, in, they were actually spared the punishment. Now, um, the sons were in a bit of a quandary. The sons uh, were feeling, on one hand, if they rise to respect Moshe, their teacher, their, their Rebbe, their, the person that represents God in the world, um, this would this would have the effect of basically insulting their dad, who was actively fighting Moshe. Nonetheless, the Chavetz Chaim says they ultimately decided to opt to respect Torah, to respect Moshe, instead of following their dad's wishes. And and it was ultimately much better to rise for to and to respect their Rebbe, their Moshe, instead of respecting if when it when it conflicts, instead of respecting their dad in that instance. Now the Chavetz Chaim says even if we feel like the law and the law follows what the dad wants and, and dad that, you know, their dad's actually on the right side of the argument. Nonetheless, the Chavetz Chaim says, don't go actively and chase after the other side and fight against the other side. Why? Because we're biased because, you know, when our dad is saying something, we just like our dad, we like our parents and we think that what they're saying is true. But the truth is we might be skewed. We, we always give ourselves, we always give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. So, <laughs> We shouldn't give our dad too much of the benefit of the doubt because it might be that we have a distorted view of truth because our dad is telling us to join this argument. So even if you feel like your dad is right, you don't have to actively go out and fight on his behalf. Now, um, the Chavetz Chaim says if the son has influence to potentially stop his dad from fighting, um, the son absolutely has to do so and stop his dad. Now, if the son refuses to stop his dad, doesn't stop his dad for some reason, then he's actually punished for inaction. Because as I said, not only is the, are the parents, you know, is the, per, the perpetrator himself punished for machlokas, but even the sons, even innocent kids, are punished for machlokas. So uh, this is proof that if your dad is, if you have power to possibly stop your dad from fighting, you should do so because otherwise uh, it might come to, to, you know, hurt not only him, but also you. Now, you should promote peace even if you feel like you're in the right. And even if Moshe... Um, you know, for example, Moshe sought peace with Datan and Aviram. And because he sought peace, um, the Chavetz Chaim says four tzaddikim were saved. What are those four? The three sons of Korach, and on top of that, Onben ben Peles were all saved. Um, and uh, the Pasuk says, Red Fihu, um, that you should kind of run after, chase after peace. What does this mean? So the Chavetz Chaim says it means a bunch of different things. It means you not only should chase after peace with your friends, but also your enemies. Not only should you chase after peace in your own environment, but even in a place that's not your environment that you're not used to. Not only, you know, should you chase after, uh, you should chase after peace with, you know, your finances. Not only should you chase after peace for yourself, but also for others. Not only 
should you chase after peace today, but also you should chase after peace tomorrow. The Chafetz Chaim explains this last point a little bit. He says, even if peace isn't possible today, you could always try to get peace for tomorrow. How, how does this work? So he says, let's say you have a thick rope that has many cords of the rope. So the Chafetz Chaim says, <coughs> it's worth it if you can just cut one cord of the rope a day. Eventually, that cord will, that, that rope will become so weak that it'll break. The Chafetz Chaim says, same is true with Machlokas. If you can consistently, even if today you're not going to break the rope, you're not going to break the fighting. He says just one piece at a time if you're able to work on yourself and ultimately you'll be able to end the, you know, a terrible fighting. Now to recap what I spoke about. So I'm finally concluding Shar HaZechira, Baruch Hashem, and Inshmer Hashem. So the Chavetz Chaim, I began the podcast talking about the Chavetz Chaim's chapter of, of Tet Zion 16. So Chavetz Chaim says it's a, it's a sin <clears throat> the sin of machlokas applies not only to someone, you know, fighting someone equal to you, but kovachomer, it applies to fighting someone greater than you, a rabbi, a, a sage, etc. So it's common to belittle, to mock your opponent, and which is really a shame. And, and if your opponent happens to be a rabbi or a talmud chacham, belittling him is terrible. It's as if you belittle Hashem's word, and your punishment for that is karis, is being cut off. Not only a rabbi do you have to respect, but even someone that learns consistently is considered a chacham. So maybe this is a little bit motivating for us, actually. That even if we're not a rabbi, it's just the fact that we learn every once in a while can put us in this category of a chacham that um, should be, you know, that you should be careful with, uh, not to argue with, you know, directly. Um, and uh, in Shabbos 119b, it writes that Rabbi Yehuda, in the name of Rav, said that someone who insults a chacham can unfortunately not be cured of the of this punishment. And Yerushalayim, unfortunately, was destroyed because people did not listen to the sages of the time. Divrei Hayamim says that dismissing Chacham's words causes Hashem's rage and ultimately caused the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. Now in Sanhedrin 110a, Rav Chista says, whoever misquotes his rabbi, not even directly contradicts his rabbi, just misquotes his rabbi, and because of misquoting him, other people come to not respect the rabbi. If you actually knew the context of what the rabbi actually said, you would have respected the rabbi. But because this person misquoted the rabbi, then people don't respect him anymore. You must think they must think the rabbi doesn't have uh, enough brains to you know make a make a logical point. And because he misquoted him, that basically leads to people uh, dismissing this rabbi's legitimacy. And and that even so that because of that person's misquote, he caused, unfortunately. It's as if he fought the Shekhinah itself, the divine presence itself. And um, even doubting a Rebbe just in your mind is potentially a sin. Now, the Chavetz Chaim says, don't trivialize the seriousness of sin, you know, the, tri- the, tr- the seriousness of the sin of Machlokas, um, you know, and, and, and especially with rabbis and, and degrade them and because you're going to be punished not only in this world, but also in the next world. And Midrash Rabbah writes that the Pasuk says, Hadarta Zakin, which means you should respect basically the elders. What does Zakin actually mean? The in um in Kedushan it means Zakin means the Torah sages. So uh if you if you unfortunately don't stand and you know and respect the Torah sages, then you're gonna forget your Torah that you learned, you're gonna become impoverished, and unfortunately your life is going to be cut short. And it's even worse, you know, that's only if you yourself don't respect your rabbis. But if you convince others not to respect them, it's even worse. Now, the Chavetz Chaim writes about sort of this ironic twist that happens, unfortunately, with people that are always involved in fights. 
the Chavetz Chaim gives an example. Let's say someone um, unintentionally kind of bumps into a, per- a person's child, and that that person that is unfortunately a Baal Machlokas, someone always involved in fighting. So because that person saw that their child was maybe hurt in some way, he's going to go and chase after whoever hurt him and cause at least the same punishment on that person's child, if not even more. And uh, unfortunately, it has this, this has a reverse effect. This person that took his act, you know, actions into his own hand and hurt this guy that potentially hurt his child, even by accident, um, it's going to cause a reverse effect. Why? Because the Chavetz Chaim writes, even innocent children are unfortunately hurt by their parents' arguments. So if this person, you know, what, what, how, however much this person actually hurt this child, it probably wasn't that bad. And because the dad now is involved in fighting with the guy, then it might even, it might snowball into something much, much worse and actually end up hurting the kid even worse than it would have originally if the guy just said, you know what, whatever, you hurt my child a little bit, but big deal, we'll get over it. Uh, someone that's always involved in fighting actually has kind of this ironically hurts the child maybe even more than normal. Um, and for example, not only does, you know, it hurt the child more than normal, but sometimes fighting can, you can even bring your family, unfortunately, into your fight. For example, Dutta Naviram brought their wives, their children into this fight against, you know, with Korach against Moshe. Now, even knowing that a person's end is ultimately punishment, is Gehenim, a person will nonetheless will refuse to back down from fighting. They'd rather go to Gehenim than back down. Midrash Rabbah writes that Dutt and Naviram, even today, they're still in Gehenim. They're still being punished. Nonetheless, they strengthen their resolve to fight against against Moshe. And uh, the Chavetz Chaim says, if you really want to have pity on your kids, you'll let slight, you know, uh, slight uh, insults go by you. You're not going to be involved in fights. Now, uh, do all that you can to separate from Machlokas. For example, Own Ben Pelis, his wife convinced him and made him drunk so that he didn't join uh, Moshe, you know, didn't join Korach and, and, uh, and, and his goons. And because he was separated, he was ultimately not punished with all the rest of them. So it's better to give into another person and, and be, you know, surrender to another person than it is to unfortunately be forced to surrender to Hashem's judgment because you were always involved in arguments. Now, in Yud Zion, the Chavez Chaim writes, don't even indirectly be involved in Machlokas. For example, someone that assists in sin is punished as much as the sinner. So the Torah writes, don't be like Korach or his Ada. His Ada is his friends, is his goons, is his, his, uh, you know, his supporters, his followers. So even the Ada, even though Korach was the leader of the pack against Moshe, even his uh, friends were ultimately also punished and consumed. Machlokas, unfortunately, leads to Tsuras. And I said, why? Because Machlokas arguments um, divide a community. And in an ironic way, it's Saras, you have to you have to rely on others to pray for you, to heal you. So by breaking with the community, ironically, you get Saras so that you realize how important the community is to your healing. Nowadays, the Chavetz Chaim writes, instead of Saras, which we don't get anymore, we unfortunately are struck with poverty. Why? Because same kind of thing. Someone that's poor has to rely on the community to support him. And once he realizes the community is there to support him, he will no longer be involved in fighting his community and dividing his community. Now, Hashem favors though that are those that are pursued or oppressed. For example, an ox, a goat, a calf, all these things are things that are could be brought as carbonos, as offerings. Nonetheless, 
a lion, a leopard, a wolf, these you know animals of prey, they unfortunately are not spared. Uh, they, they are not offered as korbanos. Why? Because, as I said, those that are oppressed, those that are pursued, you know, like the ox, the goat, and the calf are favored to God over those that are that are the pursuers. Um, now, we should resist, of course, then, from becoming the lion, the leopard, or the wolf. We should resist from becoming these bali machlokas. Instead, we should be like the oak, the ox, the goat, the calf that are, you know, that fully rely on, on God for our survival. Um, and it, someone that steps down from machlokas is honored. On the other hand, someone that joins a fight, even though it wasn't their fight, unfortunately loses honor. Now, the Chavetz Chaim writes, if a dad tries to convince his son to join machlokas, the son actually should not join. Why? Because it's a Torah obligation not to join a fight. So just like a dad cannot tell his son to break Shabbat, for example, so too a dad cannot tell his son to join Machlokas because that's also a sin. Um, and a key example of that, the sons of Korach, they did not participate in their dad's Machlokas, and as a result, they were spared punishment. Now, the sons were in a bit of a, of a quandary. They said, on one hand, if we respect Moshe, if we respect the Torah, then we're going to insult our dad. We're going to insult our dad who was fighting Moshe. Nonetheless, the Chavetz Chaim writes, it's better that the sons respected Moshe than it was that they followed their dad. And even if the law, you think, follows your dad, nonetheless, the Chavetz Chaim says, don't go and, you know, and fight the other side. Don't go and, 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 and join your dad in this fight. Why? Because you might be biased. You might, you know, read, give your dad too much benefit of the doubt and not realize that actually the law does not follow him. Um, now, the Chavetz Chaim continues and writes, If a son perhaps has influence to stop his father from fighting, he must try to stop him, because otherwise he's going to be punished for inaction. As I said, not only is the person that is involved in the fighting punished, but even their kids, even their family, unfortunately, sometimes gets swept up into the punishment for fighting. Now, you should promote peace, even if you're in the right. For example, Moshe, he sought peace with Dutton and Aviram, even though he was clearly in the right, and even though he was the bigger person, Moshe was, of course, better than Dutton, you know, had a bigger connection with God than Dutton Aviram. And on top of that, of course, Moshe was right. Nonetheless, he still tried to seek peace with Dutton Aviram. And as a result of seeking peace, four tzaddikim were saved, the three sons of Korach and On Ben Pelis. Now, uh, the Torah writes that you should chase after peace, run after peace. And what does this mean? It means that not only should you run after peace with your friends, but also with your enemies. Not only should you run after peace in your own environment, in your own community, but even in other communities. Not only should, you know, you should run after peace and, and do it even if it costs money. You should run after peace not only for yourself, but even for others. You should run after peace today, but also even tomorrow. The Chavetz Chaim writes, what's the logic between today, but even tomorrow? He says that even if peace is not possible today, you should try for tomorrow. Why? Because he says a thick rope, um, you know, that has many cords if you just saw one cord off a day, eventually that, that rope is going to break. So too, if you um, are consistently, you know, trying to do what you can every single day in, day out to break a machlokas, to, to join people back together, eventually you're going to sort of wear down the rope that is, that is, you know, separating you and cause peace. To read the poem, a son shouldn't join the arguments of his dad. Joining a fight will turn out bad. Chase after peace, if not today for tomorrow, because a peaceful future gets rid of sorrow. And with that, uh, this has um, been the conclusion of Shar HaZachira in uh, the in uh, the Sefer Chavetz Chaim's Shmir Lashon and uh, L'chaim L'chaim.